According to Ephesians chapter 6, the choice of weapon for the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you and on the inside of me is the Word of God. Hello, I'm Pastor Gray, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. In just a moment, you're getting ready to go into the service here at Emmanuel. And guess what we use to give the Spirit to work in our lives? The Word of God. I trust that the sermon you're about to hear, that God's Spirit will use it as His sword, and according to Hebrews, that it will get down into us and it'll start working in us, dividing asunder, and will do His perfect work. May the Lord bless you as you listen to the truth of God's Word. Take your Bibles and let's go to the book of Isaiah. And I kind of changed it up a little bit. And let's go to the book of Isaiah. Thank you, ladies, very much. In the book of Isaiah, we're going to go to chapter number 38. Isaiah chapter number 38. And I, I would ask that you keep Brother Flores in your prayers. Um, I praise the Lord for Brother uh, Travis Smith. Um, at, the, at the emergency room at the hospital, uh, but he did send me a text this afternoon for uh, Brother Tellus, and um, uh, this is getting down to being very serious, um, so please, you, you lift him up in prayer, lift Miss Tellus, Miss um, Flores, up in prayer, please, and, um, and uh, just incredible, incredible. In fact, let's go to prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for our church. I thank you that the membership that we know how to love. Lord, we have never experienced a pandemic quite like this. Regardless of what any of our opinions are about where it started, the severity of it, the spreading of it, it's real. It has already taken great men, and they now are with you. They are part of that great cloud of witnesses. We do pray for Brother Tellus that you would reach down and just touch his body. Lord, as we were praying this afternoon about Brother Josh Combest, and, and uh, Lord then just received an update when I was coming out, uh, just saw it that uh, the procedure went well, and we're back to where we need to be. But God, we need you right now. We don't understand a lot of this, but Lord, we need you to come down and just speak. Speak to us of how we can help. Speak to us of how we can pray. Lord, just don't let this be something that a text reminds us, although we will, and a pastor says something. But Holy Spirit, you live on the inside of us. You're bearing witness that we are your children. Therefore, you can bear witness to us that our brother needs us to pray right now. And God, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At the close of this, we are going to take about five minutes and let you go get your, your children from the nursery, five, ten minutes, and then everybody just come back together. Guest, I would like for you to stay um, because although it's a business meeting, it's not sacred information, it is secret information, and uh, there is a difference between the two of them. Uh, so we have sent out a lot of links, uh, so a lot of our church family will be joining us by links, uh, but I would love for our guest uh, to be involved in everything we have going on. And so you stay. It's probably going to be the ride of a century. Uh, so I am excited. Uh, so Isaiah chapter 38, verse number 1, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith 
the Lord. Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Would you please drop down in the chapter to verse number 9? The writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he was sick, when, when he had been sick and was recovered of his sickness. He was told that you're going to die. He was told by this voice that he respected in his life. It is one thing when you're sick, and it's one thing when you know I have frailties in, in myself, and it's one thing when you know you have it in yourself. But when a voice that you respect says, you're done. When, when these kind of voices are in your life and is sick unto death, Hezekiah found himself in a position of prayer. Hezekiah only had one solution, and that solution was to run to the Lord. Here he was sick. Here he was. It was confirmed by the man of God, you're going to die. Your kingdom is done. Your ruling is done. Your throne will be absent, and you're done. Hezekiah, with no reserves left in the tank, turns his face to the wall, and he talks to the Lord. And he tells the Lord of his sincerity that rests in his heart. His sincerity, verse number three, I've walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And then the Bible says that he wept sore. I don't know if you have ever been there. I don't know that if you have ever been to that point in your life to where you're done, all capital letters, you're done that when people around you, truly people you love and you respect, are telling you you're sick, you're done, you're going to die, set your house in order, your reign has come to an end. Hezekiah knew the sincerity of his heart, and so Hezekiah turned to the wall, and he did what he has done a hundred times, and he truly just said, Lord. You know the sincerity of my heart, and you know where I'm at, and you know who I am, and you know how I love you. You know my commitment to the truth. You know that I've tried to do good in thy sight. It appears from the text that he was smitten with the disease. It appears from the text that he is smitten with something that is terminal, and now he's going to die. It is confirmed by his spiritual leader that you're going to die, and the sickness is just going to take his life. He had reigned up to this point 14 years. He is beginning a war with Sennacherib. And just three days, if you will, and some scholars think that it is three days before this war with Sennacherib, and you'll find that kind of going on in 2 Kings chapter 18. But 14 years, he's in the middle of a battle, and now he's done. He turns his face to the wall, and he says, God, I want more. I want to live more. And then God gives him 15 more years, 14 years to this point, 15 years, 29 years he reigned as king. What was the logic that Hezekiah used that made him turn to the wall and weep and ask God for more time? 
in verse number one, if you'll go back there, his logic was this. I, I, I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand why I'm in this position. Because the only thing I've tried to do in verse three, look at it. The only thing I've tried to do is walk before you in truth. The only thing I've tried to do is do this with a perfect heart. The only thing I've tried to do is do good in thy sight. This sincerity of the king's prayer was overshadowed in reality, in the reality of sickness. That would end his reign. Hezekiah that day, that day, when he knew that there was no more throne to reign and he knew there was no more footprints and no more path for him to walk, he turned to the only thing left, and that was the Lord. Every believer must come to a watershed moment in your life of why do you want to live? Why do you want to live? When you come to that moment to where you've experienced times you've just stepped over and you moved on, you've picked up and you've simplified through, you have looked at it and said part of the journey. That's one thing. But there's a breakthrough moment that must come in everybody's life, and that is this. Why do I want to live? Why do I want to even ask the Lord for 15 more years of what? you got to filter through the whys and then understand that you and I were not created for the peripheral. You and I were not created for the non-important. You and I were not created for the non-eternal sub-items that surround us. If you're why, you want to live. If you're why, you want to continue this life. When I talk about I want to die, when I talk about death, I am talking about sometimes you get to a physical time in your mind that you start thinking my value is done my the people that I respect around me have said you're done then all of a sudden you walk through these mental gymnastics and then you see yourself done this was Hezekiah and in Hezekiah's life he had to come to this point that if I'm going to turn and go to the Lord then why? I'm going to preach on this subject tonight. If I were dead, if, if I were dead, you can fill in the blank. If I quit, if I were dead, if I was not a part of the current landscape, if I was not the father, if I was not the mother, if I was not the teacher, if I was not the pastor, if I was not the pianist, if I was not the usher, if I was not the greeter, if I was not the teacher, if I was not on a throne, and I were dead, and I had no more life in me, what would it be like? And sometimes we must always remember, and we must come to grips with this, that who you are and why you do cannot be tied to a position or a title. Isaiah 43, 7 says this, 
even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him, listen to this, for my glory. Colossians 1.16, for by him were all things created, and then the very last two words, and last two words, for him. Ephesians 1.12, that we should be to the praise of his glory. Psalms 102, verse 18, this shall be written for the generations to come, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. Hezekiah helped me in the last 14 days. In the last 14 days, I have had to come to grips with this one thought of the why of it all. 34 years I've been privileged to work here at the church 34 years, this church has allowed me to love my family, take care of my family. But I'm going to be very transparent tonight. Last two weeks have been like, why are we doing this? Would somebody please explain to me why you want to live any longer? I'm not a melancholy guy. I'm not that kind of guy. And usually that glass is half full, and usually it's like, get up, get on with life. Pull your boots up, and let's get this thing done. But God has a unique way at some point in somebody's life, and you preach it, but very rarely do people ever experience it. And then I had to come to grips with this. If I were to die, and I were to call it quits, and I were to resign. Truly, why would you want to live? I want you to look at Hezekiah. That's the book. I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 38. Look at verse 18. And your pastor shed some water the past couple of weeks, and I've come to this conclusion, that the reason I want to live, look at Isaiah 38, 18. Are you there? Isaiah 38, 18. For the grave cannot praise thee. Death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living, he shall, what please? Praise thee. As I do this day, the Father to the children shall make known thy truth. No praise of God if I'm dead. No celebrating of the great works that God can do if I'm dead. And who is going to pick up the pom-poms and pick up the megaphone and who's going to step to the edge of life and praise God? Psalms 9 in verse number 1 I will praise thee. Psalms 35, verse 18, I will praise thee. Psalms 59, verse 9, I will praise thee. Psalms 57, verse 9, I will praise thee. Psalms 86, verse 12, I will praise thee. Psalms 108, verse 3, I will praise thee. Psalms 118, verse 21, I will praise thee. Psalms 118, verse 28, I will praise thee. Psalms 119, verse 7, I will praise thee. Psalms 138, verse 1, I will praise thee. Psalms 139, verse 14, I will praise thee. Allow me to look back on my life and allow me in front of you 
to look at my journey and my reason for existence, and it cannot be because I'm the son of Bob and Leanne Gray. It cannot be because I've been the member of some incredible churches, Landmark Baptist Church in Michigan, First Baptist Church of Hammond, Faith Baptist Church of Bourbonis, Illinois, Longview Baptist Temple, and now Emmanuel Baptist Church. But this is not why I exist. I may have attended the Michigan public school system in the first four years of, of my schooling, Hammond Baptist Schools, Faith Baptist Schools, Longview Christian Academy, and Texas Baptist College. But when I look back on my journey, this has no bearing on my existence and should not. I fell in love with and married my friend, Kelly Gray. She and I have known each other since the second grade. We have been best friends. We have shared each other's journey to maturity. But being her husband is not my motivation to live. I may be a father to three wonderful children, a father-in-law to two great people, a grand bob to four adorable children with one on the way. But I must cut the umbilical cord that this cannot be my reason to live. I've enjoyed a host of part-time jobs growing up. I have walked corn when I was in elementary until the corn was bigger than I, and they would lose me in the cornfield, and then they said, you can't walk corn past a certain point. I have busted tables. I have mopped floors. I've been a security guard. I've been a lot of things, a paper boy, a pool cleaner, a roofer. And for the past 34 years, I've been a preacher. 13 of those has been a pastor. But I've come to this conclusion that I tore up my resume, I tore up all these things because these things are not why I live. I live for the simplicity of why I was created. I was created to praise the Lord. I was not created to pastor you. I was created to praise the Lord. I was not created to be a husband. I was created to praise the Lord. I was not created to be a grandfather. I was created to praise the Lord. I was not created to be a father. I was created to praise the Lord. I was not created for anything that I could list as accomplishment. I was created to praise the Lord. I totally understand that I'm on trial every day as a pastor, but I'm going to tell you right now, that doesn't matter. I was created to praise the Lord. I completely comprehend I have shortcomings and failures as a relative, but none of that has bearing on why I was created. I was created to praise the Lord. I wholly recognize I have imperfection when it comes to being a brother in Christ, but those imperfections have no bearing on why I was created. I was created to praise the Lord. So, I will do my best to express and live out my sincerity, not by my pastoring, not by my, my being a relative, and not by being a brother and sister in Christ. I will live out my sincerity by simply doing this. Praise the Lord.
Praise the Lord. If I were dead and not here, my wife would be without a husband. My children would be without a father. My grandchildren would be without a grandbob. This church would be without a pastor. Tibbs would be without a chancellor. And LCA would be without an administrator. But if I were dead, more importantly, there would be one less voice walking around this planet to praise the Lord. There would be one less human being that could, that could swim in the grace of being forgiven from your sins to, to being indwelt by God. And there would be one less person to praise the Lord. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use my position as husband to praise the Lord. I'm going to use my position as grandfather to praise the Lord. I'm going to use my position as father. Praise the Lord. I'm going to use my position as pastor to praise the Lord. And at whatever point we're done, then I am done praising the Lord. I'm going to ask you to go on the journey with me. Stop thinking your entire existence is wrapped up in your title. Your existence is not wrapped up in your title. Your existence is simply wrapped up in this. Praise the Lord. Just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One ending verse, Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 4. Look at it. Are you there? Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 4. When Christ, y'all there? When Christ, what is the punctuation after that? Comma. Would you please read the next four words? Who is our life? When Christ, who is our life? When Christ, who is our life? shall appear. Then shall ye also appear with him in what? Glory. Y'all, at the end of this conversation, nothing matters except this, going from this body of praising the Lord to an eternity of praising the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just praise the Lord. Well, I don't like how... Praise the Lord. Well, I, I, I think you could. Yeah, I know, but praise the Lord. Well, I think you should be. Yeah, praise the Lord. Well, you're not doing... Praise the Lord. Well, you know, if you hadn't... A, praise the Lord. I'll try better next time. Y'all, at the end of the day, what do you want me to tell you? At the end of the day, what do you want me to become? At the end of the day, I'm not a dog that jumps through hoops. I'm a sinner saved by grace that has been redeemed by the Holy One of Israel. And I am just going to praise the Lord. Has your life become complicated by titles? Has your life become complicated by voices? 
then I would encourage you, simplify it. And Hezekiah said this, if I was not alive, there would be one less voice to praise the Lord. To God be the glory. Great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son who yielded his life and atonement for sin and opened the floodgates. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth praise the Lord. You know, I have no idea what's going to happen next. But I can tell you this, that your pastor about two weeks ago had to cross a bridge, not by choosing, but by forcing, that I've come to this conclusion. I will do the best I can do. I will lead according to how I think God wants me to lead. But at the end of the day, y'all, there's only one person I have to face, and that's the Lord. And on the way from here to the Lord, I'm just going to say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's not rewarded me according to my iniquities. Praise the Lord. It's all under the blood. Praise the Lord that I'm even standing here. Praise the Lord. I have a wife. Praise the Lord. I have kids. Praise the Lord. I get to eat some barbecue tomorrow. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I caught a lot of fish Monday. Praise God the boat started to sink. Praise God. Brother Horseman was like, we got to get this thing back to shore. We're going to be swimming. And it was like, praise the Lord. Y'all listen to this. Christ who is our life. And I would ask you, that don't wrap it up too much in a title. Wrap it up in this. And use your positions to praise the Lord. I really hope that you enjoyed the service here at Emmanuel. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. At the bottom of the screen is my cell phone number. If I can do anything for you, please give me a call. I trust that you'll be back with us for the next broadcast. God bless you, my friend. Have a great week.